As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Greetings, brothers and sisters, saints and friends. Welcome to another episode of the Kingdom Voice Reboot. I am your host, the Kingdom Voice, bringing you a word from the King, still bringing you a word from the King for the Kingdom. I said I would bring you part two to the previous episode where we were talking about um, the Pharisee spirit or the uh the pharisaical spirit and I'm going to go ahead and let's just think about what the pharisee spirit is and I think that uh, many of us we know who the pharisees were and so when you hear that you know exactly what I'm talking about you're talking about these people who were so much focused on the outward things uh, the, the, the traditional outward appearance of religion versus the the spirit and um they're worried about the the letter of the law rather than the spirit of the law they get caught up with the gnats and then they're swallowing camels so they're they're missing the weightier things as jesus said in, in matthew chapter 23 so these are religious leaders there are religious leaders who uh, practice, according to the dictionary, practice or advocate strict observance of external forms and ceremonies of religion or conduct. Or conduct. So today's Pharisees are mostly are focused on the, the, the conduct and the, and, well, some of them are focused on the, the, the way the ceremony, the church ceremony is performed. And all of this is without regard to the spirit it, it is a self-righteousness with them but the biggest thing that sticks out is that they don't focus a whole lot on the spirit on the spirit uh, their focus is on the flesh and what can be seen not what's taking place on the inside of man 
not what's happening with your spirit man, but everything that can be seen outwardly. Outwardly. They're not interested in a heart change. They don't want to see a mind transformation. A heart change and a transformed mind. No. Mm -mm. How are you doing communion? How are you exegeting the scriptures? Are you exegeting this? Have you used hermeneutics? All these different words. This, this is valuable to them. Have you uh, taught from Genesis to Revelations? Are you remaining in the scripture? Because there's a form and a fashion. There's a way to set up your sermon. There are parts to the sermon. And when I'm listening to you speak, you miss the part of a sermon. So therefore, you're not real. You have no business preaching or teaching because you're leaving out the format. Well, who came up with the format of the sermon? Is that biblical? Who came up with that format? Is that a commandment from, from God that we need to follow this format or that format? We have to do everything within our power, believers, not to allow that leaven to seep into the body of Christ. You cannot, cannot allow it. We cannot allow that to be our lens, the Pharisee lens, because the Lord said they were blind. So they can't see. I don't want their lens. I don't want their eyes because they can't see. So we have to fight to keep the pharisaical spirit out of the body of Christ. Because it's going to do nothing but bring harm. Nothing but bring harm. And this new generation of believers are easily led. They're easily led. Because when they begin to critique the old ways, the effective ways, because it's not following a specific format and calling it heresy and error, we got to push back. Those of you who are elders in the church, do not allow these newbies to come in with their pharisaical divinity degrees, seminary training, and jack your church. Don't allow it to happen because this age that we're in, there's a war going on and you can't do anything with outward appearance if there's no power on the inside. You cannot stamp out the power of the Holy Spirit and expect to get victory over anything. So with everything that's in you, Elder, Push back against that. Because that ain't coming from God. That ain't coming from God. Let's go into this word before I keep going. Let's get into the word. We're going to go to Matthew chapter 23. Let me go to Matthew chapter 23. And the, the heading in my Bible in Matthew chapter 23 says, Woes to religious leaders. Start at verse 1. Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples saying the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat so these religious leaders religious leaders have a high office the Lord is saying they sit in Moses' seat all therefore 
whatsoever they bid you observe. That observe and do, but do not ye after their works, for they say and do not. So, the scribes and the Pharisees are teaching from the Word. And we know that the Word of God is right. He said that the law is spiritual. So, and good. So the Pharisees are sitting in the seat of Moses and they're teaching from the Word, from the, from the, from the law of Moses. So he said, therefore, whatsoever they tell you to observe, observe it and do it. But don't do after their works. Don't do what they actually do. Now, if they, they're coming from the Word. So whatever they tell you to observe from this Word, you do it. You do it. But what they actually do themselves, the work that they do, don't do that. For they say a lot of stuff. They say, but they are not doing it. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders. But they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They out here um, making things hard, putting more burdens on you than necessary. But they don't, they don't, they're not helping you relieve these burdens. You're coming into their churches. You're burdened down. They're adding to the burdens because they keep telling you you need to do this and you need to do that. But they're not helping you. They're burdening you. But they don't have any, any solution for your burden. They can't help you lift it. Follow me. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. Everything that a pharisaical preacher does is to be seen. Not by God, but to be seen by men. They dress a certain way, they speak a certain way, they walk a certain way, they're carrying themselves and speaking in a certain tone. All of this is to appear like they're somebody. But walking in no power at all, can't help you do nothing, ain't going to help you do nothing. Because they're just walking in a position, looking for the accolades of men. And verse 6, and love the uppermost rooms at feasts, and the chief seats in the synagogues and greetings in the markets and to be called of men rabbi rabbi so these folks it's nothing to them there's nothing to them they got their titles and they are just eating that up because that's all they care about is what man thinks they ain't got time to think about what the lord thinks or what what the lord thinks about them Unless when I walk in, have a seat reserved for me at the t front of the table, have a seat reserved for me at the front row, have my seat ready for me in the pulpit, lead me to it, walk me to it, and call me bishop, and call me apostle, and call me this, or call me that. That's, that's what they're living for. This is what Christ is saying. That's what he's saying. But he says, and I'm going to skip on down. I'm going to skip on down to verse 12. And it says, and whosoever shall exalt himself, shall be abased and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted so when I'm looking at a leader a leader that I will consider following if he has exalted himself he's puffed up and exalted himself I, I can't follow that 
It's the humble leader that I can follow, the humble leader. And you'll find that when people humble themselves before God, it is that one that God lifts up. Verse 13, it says, But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. That's Jesus. Hypocrites. He calling them that. For you shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. For you neither go in yourselves, neither suffer ye them that are entering to go in. Now you got this man that they're critiquing that has won so many souls to Christ. He's opening up the, the, the kingdom of heaven and these people are pouring themselves in. He's touched something. The Holy Spirit has touched them and reached them based on this man's word. And they're entering in. And here you come with the scribes and the Pharisees talking about the way that this person is doing it. Not, not concerning themselves with the people that are being drawn into the kingdom by his way by his passion, by his humility. Oh, you're winning souls for Christ. Oh, never mind that. You don't have the right introduction to your sermon. You don't have the right body and you don't have the right closing. So to them, that's all that matters. Not that people are coming in to the kingdom based on the way that this man is preaching. Based on the words that he's saying, the people are coming into the kingdom. So you're going to come out beside him and confuse folks and tell them because he's doing it this way. He left this out. He left that out. So um, don't follow him. Don't follow him. So what Jesus is saying, well, you don't shut up the kingdom of heaven against men. So now I haven't heard this man preach. The, I felt the Holy Spirit. I've given my heart to the Lord. And now I see your YouTube video. And you're saying, oh, you people are being deceived by this young man. Stop following him. Now you begin to question yourself. Well, what did he say that was wrong? Well, am I wrong? Should I no longer listen? So then they move on. Move away from him. I'm, I, I made a mistake. Because this man is a master of divinity that's talking. He must know what he's saying. So... I can't follow the fishermen. So they're shutting up the kingdom of heaven against men. They're hypocrites, so they're not going in. But then they're going to prevent you from getting in. Come on, people. Come on. Woe. 14. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Hypocrites. For you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayer. Therefore, ye shall receive the greater damnation. Yeah, you got, you got the right prayers. You wrote them down, and, and, and you're saying them with the right opening, the right body, and the right closing. Uh-huh. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you compass sea in land to make one proselyte, and when he is made... You make him twofold more, the child of heaven, the ch I'm sorry, the child of hell. Ooh, excuse me, the child of hell, twofold more, the child of hell, than yourselves. So 
he, Jesus is looking at these scribes and Pharisees. He sees them. He sees them 100% for who they are. Shells. Shells. Shells of leaders. Shells of Christians. Shells. Nothing going on in the inside of them. So they already, they're not entered into to heaven themselves. They're hell bound. But then you have run around to make a follower. You got these people following you on your channel and you making them worse off than when they, worse off than you. That's what he's saying. They following you and you're making them worse off than your own selves. So they were already headed for destruction. And then they following you who's also headed for destruction. But you made them worse than yourself. Because you fooling them. They think because you have these phylacteries and, and, and these beautiful garments, which are just your degrees and your labels, because you have all of these things, you must know better than the fishermen. Because, see, he got nothing. He's just a pitly old fisherman, or he's a pitly old tent maker, or he's, just, he's a nobody in your eyes because he doesn't have the training. He doesn't have that. And so you decide, well, this, this the, the divinity person, he's so well-spoken and he is exegeting. So maybe I'm wrong for listening to the fisherman. He is kind of loud, you know, so they say he's not saying anything. And then they say that everything he's saying is wrong. And, but they never can point out what's wrong. They can't point out the error. They have a problem with the format. Okay. Verse 16, woe unto you, ye blind guides, which say, whosoever shall swear by the temple, it is nothing. But whosoever shall swear by the gold of the temple, he is a debtor. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gold or the temple that sanctified the gold. See, they miss the, they miss the spirit of things. They can't see what's more important. They're so caught up on these minor things that they miss the importance. They think they have it right. Saints, sisters, and brothers, just because a person has this degree, it doesn't mean they know more than you or me. They know, they study the Bible like a textbook. They study the Bible being led by the professor, not being led by the Holy Spirit. And when you're looking with those critiquing eyes versus a humble spirit that's open to the revelations that are given by the Holy Spirit, you're not getting anything but philosophy. And that is what is happening. And then they drag that philosophy into the house of God. And they tear down their brothers and their sisters as if they don't, can't hear from God or that the Holy Spirit is not enough. So then you have these blind people who, who are just following the letter of the law. Concerned with form and fashion more than the Spirit of God. That, that, this is not me. This is what the, the Bible is saying. This is what Jesus himself is saying about these people. They're hypocrites in his eyes. They don't have it right. This group, the religious leaders, they don't have it right. And anybody with a pharisaical spirit, they don't have it right. They fall under the same label as the 
old Pharisee, except they're just modern day. Jesus calls them fools and blind. Verse 18, and whosoever shall swear by the altar, it is nothing. But whosoever swear by the gift that is upon it, he is guilty. So they're really not concerned with the sanctity of the temple or the sanctity of the altar. They got their eyes on the wrong thing is what Jesus is saying. Their focus is off. That's in a, in a nutshell is what he's saying. They don't have the proper discernment. They may be able to consider themselves a, a, a master um, person, a master at exegeting the scriptures. But in all of that, they miss the spirit. It is the altar in the temple that sanctifies the things that are in it. So, of course, that's more important. But they're blind and they're unable to see. 19. Ye fools and blind, for whether is greater the gift or the altar that sanctified the gift. Which one is greater? Whoso therefore shall swear by the altar swears by it and by all things thereon. And whoso shall swear by the temple swears by it and by him that dwelleth therein. So every the temple is, is what's sacred. So if they're swearing by the temple, then everything inside of that they might as well be swearing by, including me, including the spirit that dwells there. And he that shall swear by heaven sweareth by the throne of God and by him that sitteth thereon. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites! For you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law, judgment, mercy, and faith. That's the, that's, that's the big things. Those are the things that you need to focus on. So you pay in the tithes, you got that outward stuff, but you're not focusing on the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, faith. These ought you to have done and not to leave the other undone. So do them both. But you, the, the Pharisees, their balance is off. They lean to one side more than the other. And that side is all of this outward form and fashion. Mercy and faith and judgment, they ain't got time for that. They don't have time for that because they want to focus on the, the outward things. I'm a, I pay my tithes. I dress the part. I walk the part. It looks, I'm not walking the part. I shouldn't say that, but I look like the part. I look religious. I sound religious. I, I, I explain the word religiously. I got all that down. But I'm missing, not focusing on the weightiest things. Can't build up nobody's faith. Don't understand mercy. And in a position where I can't help edify on, in those areas. Verse 24. Ye blind guides which strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. I use that scripture so much. Matthew 23 and 24. Ye blind guides would strain at a gnat and swallow a camel. So, again, their focus is on small things in the eyes of God. Everything that they're picking this man apart about, that, that's not a weighty matter. It's a gnat. 
it's a gnat. So he jumped from this scripture to that scripture. He jumped up and down on the stage. He used a loud voice. He didn't have an introduction in his sermon. He should have had this. He should have had that. You don't, he should have started here and went all the way down to there. That's, that's gnat stuff there. Oh, that's a, that's gnat mess right there. It ain't even worth uh, you t taking time to even deal with because it's not a heaven or hell issue. It's not a soul issue. Now, if he's standing up there, this preacher's standing up there and outright tearing the word of God all to pieces. He's flipping it and twisting it like the devil. Um, he doesn't understand. He's saying things that are in error. Then you got, we got a problem. But they can't point out the error. They just keep going back to something he said years ago that he changed his mind on. And, he, and, and just because he believed this thing about the Trinity, because not every believer is a Trinitarian. Some believers are one God, but is that a heaven or hell issue? Are you honoring the God as single? Are you honoring the God as three? But are you honoring the God? If I see God as one, if I see him as one, then I am I loving that God with my whole heart, soul, mind, and strength? And am I loving my neighbor as myself? Or if I see him as three in one, am I loving that three in one? Am I loving him as with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength? So whether I see him as one or see him as three, is that going to keep me out of heaven? If it's one God and you have Jesus the Son, is that going to keep me out of heaven? So it's us that's making all of this distinction between the, the, the ones who believe that God is just one God and, and, and Jesus is, is, is not, well, well, I can't say that because Jesus is God. So I'm not going to say that. I don't want to get that twisted. But believing in one God, depending on how you believe that one God or believing in um, the Trinity, we are battling back and forth over that. But what is God saying? What is God saying? Is, is, what are they saying about Jesus? So my pastor always told me, it all depends on how they see view Jesus. Do they view Jesus as God? As do they view him as God? And if you view him as God, then I think you're going to be okay whether he is God in a three or whether he is God in a one. So I think that we are going back and forth on that, but not, that's not taking place up in heaven. Okay, so, and then the thing about speaking in tongues. Do you need to be saved? Um, speaking in tongues is an evidence of being saved. Well, they keep saying that he said that, but he did not say that. And then you just outright lying on the person. Okay, so it's little things like that where um, they just keep putting words in this fellow's mouth and, and making it seem like he's in error. But he did not say you have to be, that you have to speak in tongues to be saved because the Bible doesn't say that. But that's the lie that they're telling. So, you know, some of it is made up. But, but again, the Pharisees strained at gnats, things that are small. The emotion that's involved in somebody's preaching. The style of their sermon. You know, the, 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 the little quirks and things that they may add. You know, maybe they got a ha after everything. Well, I don't like to hear a preacher who, who goes into the ha. But yeah, that's their style. If I don't want to hear that kind of preacher, then I won't uh, go to that church where they do that. But is that going to send somebody to hell because they don't, they spend a whole lot of time with, ah, yeah, no. It's just a preference, and I don't necessarily like it, so I'm not going to be a part of a church or under a preacher who does that through the whole sermon. But I'm not going to look at him and say, oh, he's, he, he's not of God. 
I shouldn't follow him or you shouldn't follow him because he's doing that. So we just, that's a gnat. That's a style. That's a gnat. Woe unto you, verse 25. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees. Again, the word hypocrites. For you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. So, they again, it's appearance. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So I don't care how clean up they look on the outside, how religious they look up on the outside, how the, the perfect way of doing communion, the perfect way of delivering the sermon, everything is right where it's supposed to be. Oh, you got all the right stuff according to your professor. But on the inside, there's no spirit, there's no love, there's no transformation. Your inside is jacked up. Your spirit man is jacked up. But all that other stuff is perfect. All of the other stuff you have, it is perfect. But what does Jesus say about that? What does he say about that? He says, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. So if I got all that beautiful stuff going on, I got the right format for this and the right format for that, but I'm still dead on the inside or dirty on the inside, then I'm dirty overall. Doesn't matter what I look like on the outside if my inside is jacked up. Because in God's eyes, if your inside is jacked up, you jacked up. If your inside is jacked up, then you are jacked up. So clean the inside first. Verse 27, woe unto you scribes and Pharisees. There's that word again, hypocrites. For you are like unto whited sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and, and of all uncleanness. All whitewashed, prim and proper, exegeting that scripture like no other, but just as dead on the inside. And that's what they want for, the, for every preacher. The Pharisees want every preacher to line up like them. Ain't nothing happening on the inside just full of dead man's bones, and that's where they want you because it's appearance. I got the right hymn. I'm saying the right invocation. I got the right benediction. It's all beautifully sounds wonderful, but on the inside, I'm ugly. I'm dead. I'm dirty. Then you know what? You're, you're dirty, you're dead in God's eyes. If that's what's happening on the inside, I don't care about your form and fashion. And God doesn't care about your form or fashion. Because when he's looking at you, he sees your inside. He sees their inside. Don't get caught up in all the form and fashion. You better look at the heart of that leader. The heart of that elder, the heart of that teacher, the heart of that preacher. Because that's what God is looking at. So he may not have on the right phylacteries. His garment may not be perfect and pretty. But what does his heart look like? Don't you throw that man out 
because this one over here said, oh, he, he doesn't have the right clothes. Look at how he's doing that. Listen for what is being taught. Listen for the word that is being preached. Feel for the Holy Spirit. Listen with your spiritual ears. See with your spiritual eyes. Verse 28. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous. See, that's a righteous, that's an outward righteousness. And frankly, a lot of people are walking in that. But he said on the inside, you're full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you build the tombs of the prophets and garnish the sepulchres of the righteous. You think you got this thing right. You're taking care of the name of the prophets and, and you're building the tombs of the prophets and, and, and you're garnishing their sepulchers. You, you, you're keeping it all nice and pretty. And say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. While they're taking care of the prophets, tombs, dropping flowers off and keeping it pretty they saying to themselves if we had been around back then we wouldn't have hurt them we wouldn't have killed them we would have known who they were in other words we would have honored them differently than our fathers because we would have known better we wouldn't have taken part in this because we would have known but yet you can't recognize the preachers of the day you're doing the same thing that your forefathers did to the prophets and the preachers of their day they killed them because they thought they were wrong. And you're doing the same thing, Pharisee, modern-day Pharisee, with your mouth. On today's modern-day prophets that you don't agree with, you're doing the same thing that they did. Because you think you know. Because you're basing it on a standard that you picked up from school. The professor set the standard for you, not the Word of God. The professor and your studies. And so you're using that standard and you're out here applying it to the leaders of God's church today. So they didn't recognize the true prophet of God. Your forefathers didn't. And you don't today. But you think you do. And because they thought that they did. They're looking at Jesus, but they don't recognize him as the Messiah. So in, in, in essence, they are doing what their forefathers did because they're blind. The reason that they're doing it is because they can't see nothing. They can't see past their phylacteries. They can't see past their degrees. They can't see past hermeneutics and, and exegesis. They can't see past it. So they are blind. And they are blind guys that are leading you into blindness and darkness. Wherefore, verse 31, let me go back to 30, and say, if we had been in the days of our fathers, we would not have been partakers with them in the blood of the prophets. Wherefore, ye be witnesses unto yourselves that ye are the children of them which killed the prophets. Jesus pointed out to them, oh, you saying that, but you are the children of them which killed the prophets. Fill ye up then the measure of your fathers. 
Verse 33, ye serpents, ye serpents, you're doing exactly what your fathers did. Ye serpents, ye generation of vipers, how can ye escape the damnation of hell? Wherefore, behold, I send unto you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye shall kill and crucify, and some of them shall ye scourge in your synagogues and persecute them from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the earth from the blood of the righteous. Serpents, the pharisaical spirit that is upon so many of these preachers today Jesus looks at them as serpents and a generation of vipers. Because he has sent out prophets, true prophets, and wise men, and they are killing them with their lips, with their mouth. They're crucifying them. And they're scourging them in, your, in their synagogues. So you're doing exactly what your forefathers did. You think you have discernment and you can see the true prophet, the true teacher. Because if you look at the comments, they'll say things like a true preacher or a true pastor. So they think that they know who the true preacher is and the true pastor is based on a style of preaching. And they are in error. So their hands are dirty. Because they're killing this prophet, this man of God, with their mouth, with their lips. And they're making the people who have been blessed by the ministry begin to question the authenticity of the preacher. All because he, the form and the fashion, the outward appearance of the cup. They're not looking at the inward man. They're not looking at the anointing of the Holy Spirit. They're too caught up in exegesis. Outward things. And I know what exegesis means. That's a critical look at the word. I, I understand that. But they're caught up in the gnats. And while they're caught up in the gnats, they're swallowing the camel. Brothers and sisters, if you have found a man or woman of God who is blessing you and you feel in your spirit and your heart of hearts that this person has a connection to God and that the word is blessing you and you're transforming by the word, hold on. Don't allow a Pharisee to come in and make you doubt it because they have a prescribed script that they think that every minister ought to follow. And then you begin to say, you know what? Maybe this person I'm listening to is not right because they don't do A and they don't do B and they don't do C. God is not looking at them doing A, B, and C. God is looking at the inside of that cup. Is it clean? Or is it full of dead man's bones? That's what he's looking at. So I need you to, to get some discernment about yourself. Well, you don't get caught up in the titles and the labels of these men and women with this Pharisee spirit. Just because a person is a fisherman and they're bringing you the word or a John the Baptist who just lived in the wilderness 
eating honey and, and, and hollering out, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, or the kingdom of heaven is at hand. A simple message. He didn't pull out the law and go from the top to the bottom. He didn't do that. He had a simple gospel message. And people were stepping into that water to be baptized by John because that's all that they needed. Jesus sent the disciples out two by two. He gave them the message to preach. He didn't tell them to go exegete anything. He said, you go tell them to repent. That's what he told them. Then he told them to lay hands and to heal people. That's the same power that these people are speaking against. They're speaking against this power. That is not of God. That ought to let you know that they are not of God when they're doing that. They're hypocrites. So brothers and sisters, be careful out there. Because there's all kind of teachers. And some of them are the blind leaders of the blind. Don't you fall in a ditch with them. You hear me? Keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. And I'm talking about your spiritual eye and your spiritual ear. That's all I have for you. Grace and peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.